Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Passive House Podcast. I'm Zach Semke, Director of Passive House Accelerator, and we're pleased to be sharing a series of bonus episodes recorded at the International Passive House Conference 2023 in Wiesbaden, Germany. These interviews were made possible by support from Icon Windows and Doors, Inotech Windows and Doors, Intelligent Membranes, Minotaur, and Proclima. Please enjoy this bonus episode. Welcome to the Passive House Accelerator podcast. This is Kate Mason with the Australian Passive House Association. Can you just start with um, telling us how many people there are in your association and how long it's been around? Um, so the precise year, I'll need to fact check this, but I think it was about 2013 when um, the Passive House Association was founded by a couple of very, I guess, passionate um, people in our industry. And we would have started with very few members. And now, um, sort of in 2023, 20, uh, we have almost 500 members or, or maybe even more than that now. So we've... Wow, that's great. Yeah, it's been a bit of an exponential curve, as you can imagine. Um, and we're starting to see members from all different types of sectors now as well, like the bigger end of town, larger architecture firms, development firms, um, uh, yeah, and, and interest from government as well, which has been really a really, really great trajectory for us. Yeah, it's very exciting, I'm sure, to see the development of Passive House in Australia. How long have you been chairperson of the association? Um, I became chairperson in 2021, I believe. So this is my second year as chairperson. Um, And I joined as a board member in 2018, I believe. So um, I'm in my final year of being a board member. So just uh, really enjoying that last little bit. Um, <laughs> but I will still be, I'll still be uh, sticking around as, as a volunteer member for sure. So um, I'm sure you've been working hard to raise awareness of Passive House in Australia. Can you just give us a sense of what efforts you think have been really helpful in, in doing that? Um, I think the education platform has been one of our biggest and most successful efforts of, I guess, distilling more passive house knowledge into the industry and and really, I guess, capturing not only new members um, and an energy into the association, but um, really uh, upskilling the industry so that they, even if they don't decide to go full passive house with their projects, whether it's an architect or a builder or um, students, um, they at least have the building physics and the knowledge to improve the way that they design and, um, I guess, tackle tackle some of the climatic um, issues that we have in, in Australia, which, again, uh, talking to people at the conference, they, they keep saying, but, you know, you have quite a benign climate, and that is true in many ways, but... We also have a very, very hot summers and quite cold winters, depending where you are. And at the moment, you you very much feel the weather that's outside, inside. Um, and although that's sort of a, a cultural tradition to wear Ugg boots, it's actually, it, it really isn't necessary. Um, and I think it's actually just part of the resilience piece that we need to build into our buildings. And 
and again, um, another really big, I guess, driver of the uptake of Passive House or at least the understanding and willingness to understand Passive House has been um, a lot of net zero targets that companies have. So operational energy is, is the easiest thing and we've got all of the solutions and this is one of them to tackle operational energy um, in order to get to net zero. And then obviously the next cab off the rank will be embodied carbon, which is a very big topic. Um, but the operational carbon, it, we can do it right now if we right. just implement these, these mm-hmm. ideas. Yep. And so um, by educational efforts, can you tell me a little more about those? Which, which ones have been really reaching your targets? Um, I think um, so it's a combination of formal training so through the passive house certifier course um, or sorry passive house designer course uh, and the tradesperson course um, and we've uh, we, we provide courses at the Australian passive house Association there's also another course provider so um, and obviously you can go anywhere in the world and do your training so um, the availability and the frequency of those um, those courses and obviously covid we all went online and it's also sort of opened up this whole new target market in, in a sense of very busy professionals that want to do this on the side. Um, and the, the virtual um, training has been very, very successful. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. Because so. some people hesitate to take virtual training because, you know, they just feel like it's too remote or something. Yeah. But I'm happy to hear it's been very successful. Yeah. And in, in the absence of, I guess, any in-person conferences in the last few years, the training has really taken the front seat in terms of, uh, I guess, disseminating knowledge. Um, and we've actually got our conference coming up in May. So it's called the South Pacific Passive House Conference. So traditionally, we share it with New Zealand. So we alternate um, year on year. Um, and in 2020, we were all set to have an in-person conference and then obviously that all had to go online. So we are, you know, very, very ready to get everyone together in the same room. Um, so I encourage everyone internationally, come, come and check out what we're doing in Australia because there's actually, there's a hell of a lot of work that's happened over the last three years. And we're just really, really keen to share it and, um, and show what, you know, all of our members and, and our industry have been up to. We've got schools, we've got um, build-to-rent projects, um, like a mountain of different type of um, single resi, we've got apartment blocks, um, and a lot of things in the works as well. And I guess a, a lot of different types of learnings that we're sharing, stakeholder engagement. Um, I think there's going to be some sessions on behavioural psychology. So, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a really good conference. That's great. So just uh, what are the dates and where in Australia? Good good question. Um, so it's in May, so it's coming up fairly quickly. Um, it's on the 5th and 6th of May in Sydney um, at uh, the University of New South Wales. We've got a really great conference centre there. Um, and, yeah, so it'll be an all-day event. There might also be some workshops beforehand. We're just locking those things in at the moment um but yeah really good lineup of speakers uh, i believe it's up on our website now so you can um start to have a look at the um tickets are available as well early bird tickets so it's very exciting <laughs> and um the growth in building types must be you know that's always a huge step in any past house development in the country so um, can you talk a little bit more about Maybe give us some sneak peeks about what will be at the conference. I guess there's there's a um, 
there are, the great thing about the conference is the fact that we've had such a big break between the last one. We've actually got a few projects which are coming back to talk or a teams to come back to talk about their projects with operational data now. And that's, a, that's going exciting. to be a really, really key difference from other conferences that we've had, that we've now got buildings on the ground that have been operational, that have been closely monitored, um, where we can share the data, uh, what's worked, what hasn't, perhaps, um, how we can do better next time, but also how much better it is compared to the standard buildings that we have or the, the code buildings. So, um, we, Which there's a big gap, yeah. I understand, in Australia between code and passive house. Is that That's correct? right, yeah. And I guess residential code has is, is typically lagged behind. Um, commercial code has seen more progress. Um, uh, air tightness, things like that, have actually come into the code for commercial oh, buildings. Um, but again, uh, not in the, the rigour that probably needs to be there. And also the I guess one one of the biggest things, I think the code has accelerated in those areas, say, towards air tightness, which isn't necessarily the right order. Um, so ventilation perhaps should be in there first and then air tightness second because if we build airtight buildings without any ventilation, we're going to run into trouble. So I think, again, it is just a, a big education, uh, which is is voluntary essentially like it's um passive houses driven by the voluntary um market really um and and government is i hope starting to 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 listen well that's that's great to hear i mean so um do you is there any particular um government um district that is listening more than others. I mean, I know in the North mm-hmm. America, we've got certain pockets where mm-hmm. Passive House is getting much more attention yep. than others. Yep. Is that true in Australia? Um, I guess so. Um, we have, um, so one of the founders of the Passive House um, Association in Australia, Claire Parry, she now works for a state government um, development agency. So I think we're going to see some really cool stuff come out of that, oh, um, which great. will be awesome because, again, it'll just create this healthy competition with other state governments. Um, and I know there's a lot of things bubbling under the surface that she probably can't talk about yet, but it's having the right people in the right places, I think, can make a really, really big difference. Um, and, and likewise in Sydney, we've had a lot of support from the Lord Mayor. Um, uh, she came and opened uh, one of the build-to-rent projects, the Fern, um, which was the first uh, multi-residential building in Sydney to be passive house certified. So there has been a lot of traction. Um, the Icebox Challenge was also hosted in Martin Place in Sydney um, at the, I think it was last year, early last year. Um, so, and that got a lot of traction and a lot of support from the, the city council. So I think we will see certain parts of government um, sort of take the lead on this in different ways. Um, Great. And, of course, one of the right places to be will be at your conference to hear all about what's happening, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's it's such a great atmosphere here. um, You just can't replicate this online. (laughs) (laughs) It's really true. I mean, that's a really good point because... It's, you know, the connections that you make talking to people, the casual um, the casual conversations can sometimes lead to great ideas and 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's really great to be at no, And thank you for sharing everything, you know, and, and uh, I guess, yeah, interviewing people across the conference days and to capture some of the insights as well. Um, the Accelerator does such a fantastic job and I've seen it grow so amazingly since 2020. Um, you've been a real sort of cornerstone of the Passive House networking yeah, well, we're trying. Yeah. We're trying to get the word out. So, um, are there many other people who came from Australia to this conference? Funny thing is, there's probably about ten, ten of us. I, we keep finding each other, and um, so there's uh, there's someone who's uh, in the trades. There's a few designers. There's uh, someone who's been presenting. Um, it's yeah, and. It, None of us really knew who else would be here. The funny thing is, and then we all just ended up, um, yeah, in, in the same room, which so is great. Making connections yep. here. Yep. Great. Well, thanks again for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It. Thanks so much for having me. 